Welcome back to Recorded Conversations, the podcast that's dedicated to compassionately considering all perspectives while engaging in authentic, connected dialogue. I'm Danielle Kingstrom. about to hear is what I'm going to deem the rant recordings. And the reason I do that is because these are little monologues that I do when something comes across my newsfeed or some kind of topic comes to surface that piques my interest and I rant about it. I rant about it in a relational way because I feel like we can always take that icky stuff that we see outside, bring it in, reflect on it, and relate to it in a way that we can gain a little bit more understanding of what's going on so we don't have to judge it. Because I truly believe that if you have enough information about something so that you can better understand it, you no longer are reaching to judge it, but to just merely let it exist as it is. And so with that, I bring you the rantings of the conservative and the dress. So today's topic is the conservative and the dress. Thank you for joining. Look, I know I seem to have this weird love-hate relationship with Candace Owens, but she done did it again, and I kind of wanted to just talk about all of the absurdity that I've seen arise from the conservative Twitter folks, and kind of see if we can't just go on a thought experiment and talk about the absurdity of outrage. So on November 16th, Vogue premiered a photo shoot they did with Harry Styles. Now, if you don't know who Harry Styles is, he's from that group One Direction that people like my children were a bit obsessed with. And he's gone on to do this solo thing and da 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 da. So there's your celebrity, Phil. He was interviewed and featured in the December 2020 issue of Vogue magazine. Nothing out of the ordinary. Vogue likes to mix fashion with celebrity, da-da-da-da-da. We know that. But, you guys, Styles had the audacity to wear a dress. More than one. And some skirts for the photo shoot. And... Everybody's losing their freaking minds. Initially, I saw the cover shoot because I go on Twitter just about daily. And I saw that it was trending. And I saw that Candace Owens was trending. And I saw that Ben Shapiro and Matt Walsh were up in there. And defenders of Harry Styles. And all because something... Some agenda apparently is being pushed and normalized that is growing out of this Marxist ideology that is taking over our country in that I guess they're trying to force men into dresses, shoving their opinions down the throats of others because Vogue did what Vogue does every month and presented a magazine for the 
fashion connoisseurs of the world to check out what is going on in the fashion world. Like, it's not a new thing. It's what they've been doing. It's what magazines dedicated to fashion do. They put a celebrity in a crazy outfit that the majority of us would never either be able to afford or have any interest in wearing or have any reason to wear, right? We're not walking red carpets. We're not going to Met Galas. We're, we're not going to award ceremonies. We're not, we're not Beyonce doing a Vogue photo shoot. So we have no real necessity in wearing clothing like this, okay? So I see the photo and I'm like, okay, whatever. Harry Styles in a dress, big deal. Do I think it's sexy? Am I attracted to men who wear dresses? I guess I've never really thought about it because in my day of being attracted to people, it just wasn't a thing. And so I think my first thoughts were just like, whatever. And then I saw that Candace Owens was getting beat up. I guess I didn't really pay attention to what she said. I just figured she shared her opinion. I think I saw a glimpse of something wherein, oh, you know, I'm not attracted to a man in a dress. Okay, that's cool. You you could say what you want too, just like everybody else can say what they want. So I'm kind of like trying to like, you know, inside empathize. I empathize. I try to empathize with the people that I notice that the crowds kind of always go after and attack. And I don't like Twitter in the aspect that it's like bully central and everyone's just always looking for a reason to like go after someone else and be a complete asshole to him for no other reason than to join the crowd and imitate all the other people that are being an asshole to someone for no reason other than I think maybe utter boredom. So that's that. And I shared my opinion about what was going on with Twitter with my husband, you know, and I was like... Uh, you know how I get with Candace Owens, so I'm going to follow this story. So I'm following the story. So her tweets that started the storm, um, you know, came as they do in Candace fashion. You guys must want to know what my opinion is, so I'm going to share it with you. And so I'm just going to read you the tweet, or both of the tweets, rather. There's no society that can survive without strong men. The East knows this. In the West, the steady feminization of our men at the same time that Marxism is being taught to our children is not a coincidence. It is an outright attack. Bring back manly men. So then she started trending, so her follow-up tweet was meant to clarify the previous tweet. Quote, Since I'm trending, I'd like to clarify what I meant when I said, bring back manly men. I meant, bring back manly men. Terms like toxic masculinity were created by toxic females. Real women don't do fake feminism. Sorry, I'm not sorry. She says this, crowd goes wild, Twitter spheres in an outroar again. We have the ability to respond to things that exist outside our own reality, right? Like that's just, that's what social media has done for us. Right now, we can see anybody, anybody we've seen in a movie, anyone that's written a book, anyone that's ever been on TV. You know, when when I was young, we would call these famous people. And famous people were just kind of like out of touch for you. You could There was no reality in which they were going to be like interacting with you, right? Like it just was not going to happen. And so now we're in this era of like, well, there is a potentiality, right? Someone could retweet you with, with a little blue hashtag 
or or Beyonce and Instagram could like one of your posts and like suddenly we feel a part of that celebrity and so like you know there's this high and this dopamine rush and we're all like oh my god and we do silly things like take screenshots of the people that like liked our tweets or something that are quote-unquote famous like I've done it before so I'm not I'm not judging I'm just I'm just telling you the things that we do right so we're in this new realm where we can interact with people that are in all sorts of different realities in these little pockets and bubbles of celebrityville and and, and Hollywood land and what have you we have the ability to actually tell people like what we think and that it can have an impact and it can be a direct impact so no longer are we in this little protected bubble of gossip where like we used to get these celebrity gossip magazines just from the newsstands and we could flip through it and we could think all our opinions and judgments and whatever it was or we could have little conversations about it like on the bus like what I used to do in school or during lunch or you know when you're talking to your girlfriend or whomever right so you get all this information and then you two or whoever you talk to about with it are like in this other protected little space where your thoughts and opinions aren't like shared outwardly so we don't have that anymore. So there's not that extra layer of protection. And so to a point, I know I'm going to hear a lot of people go, oh my God, I can't believe you. But to a point, I can extend empathy to like anybody on the other end of receiving this criticism or these judgments or these mischaracterizations or misunderstandings, misinterpretations. Like I try and empathize with that because I know how I feel when I put something out there and it's misrepresented or it's misinterpreted and it's misunderstood and someone else is hurt by that, right? And so again, that just kind of goes back to why do you even listen to Candace Owens, Danielle? I like to hear differing perspectives from everybody and the more that I can understand about other people's perspectives, the less inclined I am to judge and that's kind of just a practice I'm trying to pass on to other people, especially my children, right? So first things first, things I want to talk about here is, oh my gosh. So I have never really grasped onto any idea that like the clothing makes the man. Okay. I know that's a metaphor and I know that even, you know, in, in past episodes, I've spoken to people who have talked about like a fashion theology. Like, I don't know if you recall Barry Taylor, Sex, God, and Rock and Roll, you know, I I briefly touched on a chapter in his book where he kind of like exposes this idea of a fashion theology. And immediately I was kind of a little judgmental about it. And I was like, what the fuck? Like clothing? Like we're born naked. What? That doesn't make sense. But Barry goes on to kind of explain like, you know, why some people are very particular about the clothing that they wear and how it's symbolic and ritualistic. And he uses U2's Bono as an example about his very meticulous and particular clothing and and kind of takes you throughout a little bit of a journey in history to explain to you, you know, certain people, you know, in our history that stick out like we're very particular about their dress and it's something that we overlook. So anyway, so even Jesus was a bit particular about his clothing, right? Because son of man, and, and, and he was a carpenter's son, and he had no place to lay his head, and so Jesus wore a dress. So, enter Matt Walsh and Ben Shapiro, and Candace Owens, and kind of like their ilk, you know, it's 
it rings a little true that in the conservative pocket, there's also this thing called Christianity that kind of is attached to it. And it was the majority of the people that I would put on that side. I hate using sides and labels, but just so that you can kind of understand what I was seeing, I'm going to say it was like Christian conservatives where you know, defending and praising the the condescension and the criticism of Harry Styles and talking about how men don't wear dresses. And I was over here like, didn't Jesus kind of wear a dress? Isn't that what like they all were? Like, like all men wore dresses. And then I thought of Sean Connery. Oh, sexy Scottish rest in peace, sir. Could rock a kilt. And I thought of I thought of all of the kilts that I've seen in my time from all over the world, from from Africa, from the Middle East, from from Europe, from Asia. I mean, are we all of a sudden going to suggest that for the first primitive part and the establishing civilization of our time that men didn't wear dresses? And you know, Candace brought up this idea that. Um, Men who wear dresses aren't the ones that are going to be called to war. But I mean, I what did the what did the Romans wear? I can't remember. Did they have pants back then? They wore these things called togas. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what their formal military dress looked like. But you know, when I was watching Three Hundred, I seem to remember sexy calves because uh, everybody was wearing a little skirt. So I don't, I think of Brad Pitt in Troy and and he wore a dress and um, I mean, I don't know what your definition of manly is, but when I think about all these people and Jesus, I'm thinking manly. So um, just to kind of establish a little understanding of what I view as manly, I'm going to tell you it's it's unlimited. And I think that's where one of the first dilemmas comes to surface amidst all of this bullshit over conservatives clutching their pearls over it being the year 2020 and seeing a man as sexy as Harry Styles gracing the cover of a woman's fashion magazine, rocking women's clothing. And let's let's take gender out of it because I'm okay with that because... I heard somebody say, you know, clothing doesn't have a gender. And I thought, yeah, duh, it really doesn't. Because I'm not over here telling my kids what they can and cannot wear and telling them that's boy clothes or girl clothes. In fact, if my daughter or my son ever showed interest in anything in the department that wasn't what their gender is, I it's not like I ever told them not to. I paint my boys' nails. Um, they like to put makeup on. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. My boys like to play house. They like to play with dolls. They like to play dress up. And, I mean, we let our boys dress up as superheroes. They wear capes and tights. Is that manly? I don't, I just, this distinction in what manly is, is troubling. Because it's so narrow. So, the other day, my husband did something really cute. Okay, and I mean, my husband is, he's not macho, but he's like a typical dude, okay? And a dude doesn't necessarily have to have a penis, so I'm not trying to offend anyone. 
But I think of dude. I think of flannels and carpenter pants and work utility pants. And, you know, I think of my dad. He always had a belt. He always had a tool belt on, right? And my dad always wore, like, classic cut black denim. And just a dude. Just like, uh, whatever. Function. Not really concerned with fashion. And then it comes to this point where if we're going out, honey, will you tell me what to wear? So kind of manly, right? And he's got like long hair. He's got the full facial hair going on. He's got broad shoulders. He's tall. Um, He's manly. He's masculine, okay? I mean, if you want to, if that's what you want to call it. But he did the cutest thing last weekend. And, you know, when he said he wanted our daughter to come into bed with us, it's a thing we do when we wake up in the morning, we cuddle with the kids. And he was calling our daughter up and I was like, oh, what you need her for? And he said he wanted his cup of cuddles. And I thought, that's super cute, right? Like cup of cuddles. So cute. Is that manly? I mean, I wonder what it's like to be Candace Owens, who in a video that she did on her rant on Instagram, talked about she will never, ever, ever, ever let her, her, her child who's on the way ever wear a dress. And I just thought, wow, you're going to like totally crush this kid's imagination. Like as soon as he asks you to, to share his discovery of something interesting, that would be fun. Because whenever my kids have wanted to try anything, do something, just discover, be curious. I mean, so long as it was safe, I kind of just let them, right? I, I can't, you parent how you want, Candace Owens, that's fine. But I think that's very limiting. And I think the dilemma in keeping masculine and feminine in these little tight, narrow boxes that don't have any wiggle room is just, is just asking for more problems, really, and more division. Because, I mean, when you come to think about it, words have meanings imprinted into them based on our life experience, right? I mean, I, I got into a conversation about this today with with a couple of people in just the idea of right or wrong. I am at a point in my life where I've kind of learned to understand what dualism is and why it's problematic and why it's okay to reject it in regard to morally right and wrong. And some people hold morality um, in the same regard as they do like this whole like objective validity of what is true or false. And that creates these false dichotomies of how we use words, how we discern good from evil, right from wrong, true or false. And again, brings us back to this limiting notion because We are a constantly evolving universe, which means we're constantly evolving our ideas. And that means that things that we once used to believe were right, we have evolved to understand are no longer right. And so I use this trajectory with considering our history, right? So if you think right and wrong are these stagnant ideas that never change, then what say you about mm, slavery? Because it used to be considered morally right, biblically right, okay? It was sanctioned by governments and, and ruling empires, and they all said it was right. And it wasn't until the general public 
right? The citizenry, we the people are the ones that kind of influence a change in that because we start going, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, because collectively we all kind of evolve into consciousness, right? And so we were like, nah, we think slavery's bad. It's wrong. It's evil. And okay, okay. So we shifted and we evolved and we were like, oh, we recognize that slavery is wrong. So then we got to a point where well, we were still segregated and we were still prohibiting black people from marrying white people. And so collectively there was another shift and we were like, that is no longer considered right or good. That is now considered bad or wrong. And so again, we continue to move forward a little bit more. Oh, well, we once prevented same-sex couples from legal union. Well, we collectively started shifting towards another evolution and realizing that that was, quote-unquote, wrong. Okay, so we have these shifts of evolution throughout time where, you know, things do change in regard to what is moral and what is immoral. And so I think we need to continue along that progressive kind of evolution and let's get to the dress now okay does it matter what you wear Mm-mm, it really doesn't because here's the thing I I know and and I know this without ever having left the continental United States when you go to other cultures they wear things completely differently than we do right there are so many cultures that have their own kind of fashion and function same with food. And they speak differently. And I'm not going to go over there and try and change it. And I'm not going to go tell them what is right or wrong. Now, we come back to our country, and I see that the difference between other countries and our countries, like the most, the most obvious one to me, is that our country is so diverse, right? You don't have to this imbalance of uh, different cultural and societal expectations in a lot of other countries. Like one country usually sticks to kind of like one culture. And I'm not talking about the larger countries, but just as an example, right? And so they all kind of stay in their little pockets of their culture. But what we have in our country is so diverse and so multiplicitous that we forget that we have so much additional influence that we are kind of like this flowing country. Like we have so many different cultures constantly coming in and influencing our collective in in a really good positive way, right? Because the more diverse that we become, the more open-minded we can become. And wearing dresses in, in other cultures isn't a sign of like femininity, right? And I think about the Middle East, right? And and I used to sit there when I was younger and I'd be like, why do they wear these long robes and, and dress-like things, you know? And I, I couldn't wrap my brain around it until I stopped and paused for a moment to consider, wow, because they're in the heat and, you know, this probably protects them from the really, really hot sun and they're surrounded by sand. So these probably offer a little bit of layer protection. And also, you know, when when it's that hot and dry, you probably just kind of want some free flow. So you kind of have like this air conditioning unit going on. I mean, these were things that I rationalized when I was a little kid, right? Just to 
make sense of why people dress differently. And now I've come to understand in this kind of push and pull that I've had with myself with fashion and rejecting it or or embracing it and seeing it as something erotic and expressive, whereas before I was like, it's just materialistic and conformist. And we can kind of like start to wrap our heads around this idea that we have all these influences that are kind of like injected into this little bitty country that we live in. So basically, the clothes don't make the man. That's not how we're going to identify people. That's not how we're going to measure a person's worth. And I'm sorry that I went so completely off topic and down too many rabbit holes. But hopefully, that kind of helps you understand a little bit better as to why I am observing and commenting on this topic the way that I am. Because ultimately, I think the one thing that I would encourage conservative Christians to be more open-minded about is that it's okay to allow our society to grow and change without thinking it's a reflection upon their belief system, without thinking that it's a reflection upon who they are as people, as godly people, you know, here to spread the gospel news. Because the gospel news is good news, and it's also encouraging news, and it's not it's not centered on diminishing people just because they do something differently than you. Because let us remember, Jesus did everything differently than everybody else. And that's who we follow now, a do to war address. Sometimes it's good to just see the headlines, take a pause, and reflect before we react So we don't end up in this big conniption and chaos like Candace Owens did. And I mean, ultimately, this whole conversation died out and most people forgot about it. But there are always underlying messages in the celebrity, social media, gossipy bullshit. And so I just encourage you that the next time something like this is aroused in the atmosphere, we pause and reflect And let's look down inside and maybe you might realize that getting upset over a dude wearing a dress is is probably not the best way to invest any of our energy or resources.